Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Daniel Blue. Now, you all know from all the other guests we've had that my interest is usually people who have determined that their circumstances don't necessarily have to dictate their destiny, and they have chosen at some point to turn the page on whatever it was that they were doing or whatever had their attention at that time, and then starting a new chapter. So today's guest is Daniel Bloom, and Daniel has a very interesting story. I'm always interested in the backstory. Basically, what I know about Daniel is that he has really changed the trajectory of his entire life. Now he's an entrepreneur. He's a podcaster. He's a best-selling author and a speaker. He's a regular contributor to Forbes magazine and is the owner of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest loans, and make money tax-free using self-directed retirement accounts. And that piqued my interest. Now, under Daniel's leadership, Quest Education has reached the seven-figure mark two years in a row. So welcome to the Next Chapter Experience, Daniel. And before we dig in, hear a little bit about your backstory. Hey, Jeanette, appreciate the lovely introduction and excited to be here. When we grow up, there's usually a pivotal time, an age, maybe something happened when you're four years old, eight years old, 10 years old. I think who we are today, a lot of that was shaped based off of experiences when we were younger. So for me, it was when I was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, my parents got divorced. And leading up to that, I lived a middle in the road type of life. Both parents in the house, both working parents. I played sports, just had a good life, no complaints. But something changed dramatically when I was 12 years old. My parents got divorced. But what made that divorce unique was my father, he ended up moving to Mexico. And he moved and never came back. It was tragic. I was really tight with my dad, really close with my dad. So when he left, he didn't give me any answers. And my mom was just someone that when I look back at the experience I had, there's a lot of co-parenting going around, a lot of divorce, a lot of separation, a lot of broken homes. And there's a lot of parents that talk bad about one another, especially in front of the kid. I've got a 13-year-old daughter and we co-parent. I really thank my mom for everything that she's done for me during that time because put yourself in her shoes. She's married to someone for 16 years. She worked full time, had her own money, did her own thing. You're married to somebody, you share a life together, right? And that person just all of a sudden leaves to a different country and doesn't provide any emotional support, doesn't provide any type of physical support. So now it's just my mom and I. And my mom never talked bad about my dad one time. I never caught her 
crying in front of me or woe is me, or this is really tough. We can't do certain things because of what your dad did. Like she never pointed the face. All she did was just work and smile, put a smile on her face. I really appreciate that about her. We struggled after I was 12 years old. There was times we lived in a hotel because we just didn't have the resources to have our own place. We stayed at my friend's house when I was 16 years old, sophomore in high school. His parents were nice enough to let us live in their house while I went to school with their child. And so those experiences my mom and I went through together. And because I held on to some anger and some resentment with my father, I never healed from that. I never got answers. So I started to rebel. I started to seek influences from other people, specifically older men that I looked up as role models because now my father's gone. I start hanging out with the wrong crowd. I start smoking weed, drinking alcohol, skipping school. And my mom did everything she could to help out, but she's working full time. So I had a lot of unsupervised time and I just stumbled through high school, Jeanette, I got C's and D's and I just barely graduated and stumbled my way into college. I went to college because that's what society told me to do and uh, figured out real quick that wasn't for me. And then I jumped into sales and at 18 years old, I had a knack at communicating with people. I credit my mom because my mom was someone that just worked up, worked all the time, just roll up her sleeves, don't complain at work. And that's what sales is about, especially in the very beginning stages is you have to roll up your sleeves, not complain about what's given to you and you have to earn it. So I applied that to sales and I was able to do pretty well for myself. That started to shape my career that eventually led me into entrepreneurship about four years. That's amazing. Really, It's amazing. Many can more than likely appreciate where you're coming from because of the percentage of households that have a single parent and the impact. So four years ago, you jump into the entrepreneurial space and then figure out there's a need of sorts. Tell us a little bit more about how you identified the education space that you're in. Yes, I've never experienced a lot of money growing up. I remember right around 18, 19 years old, I bought a house. And if you caught the date that I just gave, so I bought at the pinnacle of the market. I'm 18 years old, 19 years old. I bought at the peak of the market. I ended up losing a lot of money. And that was my first real estate investment. And I realized what a dummy I was. I just thought I made it. Mom, I made six figures. Like you never have to work again. Like just that naive. In that time, I'm in the real estate sales space as well. I'm encountering scenarios where people are using their eyes and their case to invest into a rental property, to invest into an apartment complex, just investing in real estate. That concept was so foreign to me because I always thought retirement accounts were just for stocks or just for mutual funds. The idea of using a retirement account outside of the stock market was like, whoa. So that was a seed that was planted in me back in 08, 09, 2010. I remember thinking, that's really cool. I want to do that. But right now I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, spending more than I'm making, trying to figure out my life. I had a daughter when I was 18, 19 years old. So my life is just not in a stable place where I was ready to make career change. But in the back of my mind, I always knew I wanted to get into the self-directed space. And I was able to make a pivot back in 2013. And I think this is a lesson that, that people can take. I mentioned I lost a lot of money when I bought a property in 0809. I mentioned I spent a lot more than I made right around that time frame. Around that same time frame, I'm not focusing on my credit. I'm not focusing on saving, investing money. I'm not focusing on tax strategies because most of my income is via 1099. I'm sales. So after touching the stove a bunch of times and just burning myself and just self-inflicting wounds and just 
being a dummy financially, I started to get my act together probably around 21, 22, 23, where I started to save a lot of money, spent way less than what I made. I traded in a Range Rover that I drove back in 08, 09 that had 20s on it. And I thought I was like the coolest person in town. This is back in the day when I don't remember Lambos and Ferraris back then. I mean, like a Range Rover on 20s, they had T's in the back. It was clean. I think it was like a 2006 Range Rover. So it was pretty new. So I traded that kind of lifestyle where I ended up driving a paid off Mazda 3 and a paid off Jetta. That shift really helped me financially because I started to save a ton of money because I'm spending way less than what I'm making. I'm building up my credit score. I'm setting up an LLC. I'm getting it with the CPA. I'm maximizing my tax deductions. I was investing a lot into PayPal and just different stocks and things like that. It set me up where right around 2014, 2015, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a career change. And I was able to take a haircut. And the lesson I wanted to share with people is I went from making six figures in sales right around that time frame to making way less than six figures, not even six figures, because I'm in a new industry. And in a perfect world, we want to leave one job and go to another job and make the same, if not more. I would love that. However, I went from industry A to industry B. I had to prove myself. So I had to take a way less amount of money because I had to prove my worth. I was able to do that because my lifestyle allowed me to. I could make 50K that year because of my lifestyle. And that set me up for the long run because doing that, I was able to learn from a lot of people along the way. I worked in the self-directed space right around 2014, 2015, where I started to learn the game, started to study a lot. I started to gain knowledge from a lot of other people that were generous with their time and their resources and their knowledge. And worked for a company for a number of years. And then again, I kept having that same lifestyle, just spending less than what I'm making, not blowing money, setting money aside. And then after moving up with this company and experiencing some success, I live in Las Vegas. So the analogy I like to give people is I just went all in on myself. I'm at the blackjack table. Maybe the music is right. Maybe I had a, a drink or two, but I just went all in. And this was about four years ago. I put a lot of money on 0% credit cards, sold a lot of my stock, a lot of the investments I had, and I just went all in. I figured what's the worst that can happen? I already know that I'm a pretty darn good employee. If this business doesn't work, I always know I can go work for someone else. That's not plan B. I don't want to do that. I'm going all in, but that did give me a peace of mind knowing that I could risk this. And I go back to my mom, the amount of confidence that she had, she, again, and as I got older, she would tell me stories. I was like, mom, like I never saw you talk crap about dad, or I never saw you cry. And she said, I cried. I went in the shower and I cried. I made sure you didn't see me. And I was like, whoa. And I remember my mom, she never would tell me, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to pay rent. I don't know how we're going to make it. She always just acted, dude, we got this. We're going to make it happen. I don't know how, but we're going to make it happen. She didn't tell me that, but I know in her head, she's probably thinking. Same thing with me. I think that confidence was transferred over to me. As we expand that a little bit, there are many nuggets that you've shared. Next chapter is about also providing examples. The preparation stage, you seem to be very intentional. You were hyper aware of where you were and where you wanted to be and made some practical decisions on how you wanted to move forward. Many times I talk to entrepreneur wannabes who have not factored in some of the things that you're talking about, like current lifestyle, current debt load, 
current values, current uh, relationship with money. They're not thinking about those kinds of things as they start to move into that space. So as you talk about self-directed, let's dig into that because some may not understand what you mean by that. A really good example is we had a recent customer came from corporate, was tired of corporate, wanted to start her own business. And she needed about $20,000 to get the business going. She was starting like an online business, needed some money for inventory. And she didn't want to borrow money from the bank. She looked at her retirement account. She said, I got a bunch of money in this 401k, this IRA. I'm not a big fan of the stock market. I'd like to take some of this money and invest it in myself, invest it in my own business. How do I do that? Because I've been told that I can't access this money. I've been instructed if I do access this money, I'm going to pay a buttload in penalties and taxes. That's not true. There's some IRS approved plans that are self-directed that allow you to access your own retirement money penalty and tax free and use it however you want. And in this scenario, we were able to help her take her 401k or IRA that she had, moved it over into what's called a solo 401k. That's a type of a self-directed account. And she was able to pull out the 20,000 penalty and tax-free and then use that to buy her inventory. And she's off to the races. I was actually talking to her not that long ago. And during COVID, like she crushed it. There's a lot of money to be made in online space, a lot of money to be made in just business general. Obviously, the example I'm giving, we know there's risks with everything. She could have lost money with her business. You could lose lose money in the stock market. You can lose money in crypto, right? So I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not here to sell investments, but what we do provide is just education. Everything I just described is Googleable information. I didn't make up the term solo 401k. It's been around for decades. It's just, unfortunately, the game is rigged against you. Wall Street wants your money in the stock market. That's how they make money. So why would they teach you a way to access your retirement money penalty and tax-free where you can use that money to invest in your business, invest in real estate, invest in precious metals, et cetera. So as you expand that a little bit further and talk about Quest Education, can you bridge for our listeners? Yeah. So we're in Las Vegas. We've got about 13 employees. Our mission, again, is to help people liberate their retirement accounts and how they want to use those retirement dollars totally up to them. Maybe they've got 20% interest rate credit card at $20,000. Meanwhile, their retirement account is making them 7% a year. And the option of taking some of the retirement money that's in them 7% a year and paying off debt that's costing them 20%, that might make sense to their situation. So really just comes down to what's point A, what do they, they look like today? Where are they trying to go? Where's point B? So we're just trying to solve a problem and I've got over a thousand customers. We're in all 50 states. Basically, it's taking people that want to be able to access their retirement account penalty and tax-free. They like that idea of, of having more control and then just taking them by the hand and walking them through the process and helping them understand, hey, here's how a solo 401k works, or here's how a self-directed IRA works and giving them the game. And then they're the captain of their own ship. They get to set sail on what destination they want to go to. We leave that up to them. I appreciate that. So you shared that you are not a financial advisor and you don't sell investments, correct? correct? Exactly. Okay. So what you seemingly are supporting solopreneurs with is education. Yeah. I talk about this a lot you should have a team, a power team, right? You should have different tools in your tool belt. 
you should have a really good CPA, right? As you start to generate more revenue with your business or you want to start a business. I was speaking at an, over the weekend and someone was asking me for some tax advice. And I was like, number one, I'm not a CPA, but number two, who does your taxes? And do you want to know their response? They're like, we do it. And I'm like, there's two mistakes. Either you do it or you use a company like TurboTax. And hopefully TurboTax is not sponsoring your podcast or else you're going to have to cut me off. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you are a nine to fiver and you just have one stream of income and it's W2 and the post office pays you and that's it. TurboTax might make more sense, but if you're an entrepreneur, you have an LLC, you want to think ahead. You want a tax plan, the deductions, the write-offs. So you need somebody that can give you some more love. And that's where a qualified CPA comes into play. Going back to what I was saying earlier, as far as having a team, having different tools in the tool belt, have that CPA, have that financial advisor, have that estate planner, have someone like me that can help out on the self-directed retirement account side, being able to provide you the options and the knowledge. So in that way you have the information at your disposal. So for those in the corporate space, considering moving into the entrepreneurial space, even as a side hustle, your company Quest Education can help to unravel some of the things that are a basic mystery because folks are just not aware. What kind of support does Quest Education provide for the entrepreneur who has never really saved a lot of money? Do you have some support or resources for that type of entrepreneur who's really just brand new? We definitely set up accounts from scratch, right? Typically a solo 401k. You're going to want to stick a good chunk of money in there to make it worthwhile for the tax side of things, which means you do have to have enough earned income from your business to contribute new money. Because there's two ways to get money in a solo 401k. You can either take a 401k from your old job or an IRA and just convert it to a solo 401k. There's no ceiling. There's no minimum. The other way to get money in a solo 401k is to take money that comes from your business. I've got, like you mentioned earlier, I've got a podcast that I pour into. I've got a course. I've got a book, a lot of free information out there. And then for people that have enough income coming in where it makes sense to set up a solo 401k, we definitely set up those types of accounts. I'm just going to give just some information that I think is going to help more people. If you don't have a retirement account, because I get where you're coming from for a long time, my retirement account was my business. Everything is going into my business. That's my baby. That's my retirement accounts, everything. But we all know we want to have different buckets of money, but we got to get our main thing to be our main thing first. So one, get your main thing to be your main thing. Get your business to where it can stand upright. It's not a baby that you have to feed. Get it stable. And before you put money in a 401k or IRA, I always think it's a good idea to have some cash set aside. Just have some reserves because inherently accessing that money is just going to be a little harder some accounts are easier than others, like a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k is easier to access than a traditional IRA, for example. But regardless, if you stick money in a 401k or an IRA, it's just going to be a little bit or a lot harder to take that money out versus you just having that money chilling in your checking your savings account. So have that stash of cash, that emergency fund set aside first, because if you're in business, you never know. There's definitely in plenty of times I've had to tap into my reserves to make payroll. Plenty of times I've had to tap into reserves to invest into this marketing campaign because if I didn't have those reserves, I wouldn't have been able to pull the trigger on those things. Versus if I had that money in a 401k or IRA, and then I need to access that money, I'm scrambling. So one, have your business in a stable spot. All businesses are going to have problems. They're always going to have challenges. We get that, but get your business as stable as it can get. And then take some of the money from that business that's stable, 
put it in a cash reserve fund, have a rainy day fund. Is that three months worth of expenses? Is that six month worth of expenses? That's between you and your relationship with money and your risk tolerance and things of that nature. And then once you have that, then start thinking about, okay, how can I start growing this money? I'm always a big proponent of a Roth account, like a Roth IRA. You can only stick six, $7,000 into a Roth IRA, for example, but a Roth account is fantastic. Jeanette, money you put in the account, you pay taxes on it. You, you do have to claim it as income. It grows tax-free, right? You're paying taxes on the seed and not the harvest. So that's 100% tax-free money. I don't think there's really a whole lot that can be said that is more appealing than tax-free money. So get a Roth IRA set up. And once you're like, man, I'm maxing out that Roth IRA every year, 6,000, it's not enough. I need to put more money somewhere else. Cool. Set up a Roth solo 401k or a SEP IRA. There's other vehicles, but the point I'm trying to make is you have to lay that foundation first and foremost. So yes, stabilize the flow, if you will, get your revenue stabilized and have a have an awareness that the business is flowing the way it should. Then you've got the cash reserve, emergency fund, three to six months of income that you need for whatever the emergencies are. Okay, that's pretty standard. And three to six to 12 months, enough to make you feel comfortable. And then start to consider what you can do to plan for the future. When I talk to entrepreneurs, especially if they're new to the space, they don't seem to consider those things. Some of them are looking at the Instagram posts of the Lambos and what other people are doing in private jets and things of that nature. Well, that's what I call the butter. But in terms of something that's going to truly build a foundation of continuous improvement and wealth for the future. So I can appreciate where you're coming from. Daniel, thanks a bunch for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation in the next episode of The Next Chapter Experience with Daniel Blue, part two. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. <laughs>